Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Stacking with you alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins, Sports Director at KORN Radio in Mitchell. Travis, how we doing? Doing good. We got some rain. Should have half rain. So that was a that was a welcome sight. Yeah. Well, how much? What kind of drought situation is Mitchell? And I know, like the western half of North Dakota, thanks to the you know three feet of snow they got, is doing better. Uh, still, a little dry conditions there. I think it's pretty dry out in western South Dakota for the most part. But what, what's it looking like in your neck of the woods? It's it's dry. I think my parents had some. They had some tiny rain and last summer, so that helped with uh, with the harvest. Mm-hmm. We were not, we didn't get as much rain as they did last year. I think they got just around the same as we got. Some places got more, you know, some places have gotten three or four inches. We were just kind of a all-day thing, Friday afternoon and Saturday, just kind of rained on and off. So that was a good thing. Yeah, this will help, this will help, but it's still, still dry. My, my yard is nice and clean now. Everybody's yard got, uh, Grass is green and up and going. So it's, I mean, drought is still there, but it, this, this helped, this helped quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. We didn't get nearly that much. I would say we probably got a roughly a half inch, maybe a little more than that. Um, there's, I like, I always like it when it rains or snows. I love the precipitation because it means, you know, stuff is not going to get dry or, you know, you're not in an extreme drought or anything like that. So I always appreciate it when it rains. Uh, but it's so spring rains are so nice. You know, it's just yes. It, it it's you can see stuff getting greener. It cleans mm. stuff up. It smells somewhat decent. Like it's just nothing like a spring rain. It was because you had the, the draft and Twins were playing good. You watched that, and if you cared about basketball mm-hmm. and hockey, that stuff was on. So I did not. I know I did not go outside on Saturday or much this weekend because it was raining. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a good. It wasn't heavy rains where it you know, it's gonna flood or mess everything up. So it was it was yeah. yeah. If you could get one of those, not every month, but yeah, if you get one of those every month in the summer, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Even more than that. Uh, you know, yeah. they're talking about you know maybe above average temperatures this summer again for our region. You know, the Dakotas and Minnesota. Um, but maybe a little more precipitation or like maybe average precipitation, which would be good. Last year, it was so hot during Easter and that was kind of a telltale sign. Like, oh, if it's this hot at Easter, you know that we're kind of expecting a drought. And I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. It's like, okay, yeah, this is bad. Hopefully that's not the case this year because we've had a cooler spring thus far. We've gotten plenty of rain. Uh, hopefully... Even if the temperatures get a little above average, we still get some timely uh, rain and, and thunderstorms. Yeah, something is going to be dry, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can get some of this. Because if we wouldn't have gotten this, that would have been really bad. Yeah, but thankfully we did. So yeah, it's um, we've gotten some storms early this uh, spring season already, and we've missed out. So like the the northern part of the state is doing well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and like Northwest Iowa, Southern Minnesota is doing pretty well. So, yeah, we, we needed some, and we finally, we finally got some. Yes, yes we did. Uh, NFL Draft was this weekend. 
Uh, hopefully we'll get Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, to come on with his thoughts on it. Uh, I, I'm not going to go over grades and stuff because it's just, you know, impossible to do. And, you know, some it, it appeared a lot of teams did really well. As it pertains to the Vikings specifically, before we get to too much in the draft here, I don't much care for it when, like, just with the way that the board fell in the first round and with the, the guys that were going, I was okay with them trading down. Trading down from 12 to 32 is a bit much for me. Um, and I don't have so much a problem with the guys that the Vikings drafted, but I have a huge problem with... Uh, and I don't even have so much a problem with them trading within the division. Now, Green Bay on day two is a completely different story because A, they're your rival, and B, you know what they're trading up for. I have a far bigger problem with the compensation that the Vikings got for trading down. Like, when they traded down with the Lions, I thought, okay, they got maybe a first round next year, which would be great, or a second round for sure. And then you hear, it's like, okay, they get 32, they get 34, like, okay, and a third rounder. Like, okay, that's not great. But that means they're going to have 32, 34, 46. Oh, no, wait. They're swapping second-round picks. So they only picked up a third-rounder to drop 20 spots in the first round. It it took every fiber of my being this weekend to just keep saying, trust Kwesi, trust Kwesi, the, the, the Vikings GM. Because it's exceptionally difficult to do right now, considering the lack of compensation that he got back in some of these trades, Trades, most notably the one with the Lions. Like, how do you not get any draft capital for next year is beyond me. So I'm very, very frustrated by that point. I think there are two different draft trade point systems out there. Yeah. One of them is the old Jimmy Johnson one from 30 years ago, which I don't care about because it's 30 years ago. And there's a new one out there, so I think they're probably going by the new one. Of um, I don't know a lot about about it, but you know, the, the new one is different. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with, okay, who are you picking? Are you picking a quarterback? If you're picking a quarterback, then that's... That's you know, a big difference. If you're trading up to pick you know, a quarterback, whoever that may be, mm-hmm. then you should probably get a little bit more than a receiver or a defensive end or whoever. So based on the Jimmy Johnson one, uh, Detroit got a lot more. Based on the newer ones from Pro Football Focus or more analytically driven folks, um, they have a new chart, and that one, the Vikings won it. So I think it depends on what chart people are looking at. But, like... You know, the Eagles and Saints made a pre-draft trade, and that involved the Saints taking one of the Eagles' three first-round picks, and they are giving the Eagles one next year, as well as a 2024 second-round pick. And that's just, you know, obviously that's jumping into the teens, but... Like it's it's still a mid round first round pick, and Howie Roseman somehow just comes away with this haul of picks, you know, for for just giving up one first rounder. Like he, Howie Roseman for the, from the Philadelphia Eagles is the mastermind at getting these high picks. Remember, he got a first round pick from the Vikings for Sam Bradford. Like he just has a way of doing these sorts of trades, and it's very frustrating when you see Howie Roseman's approach. And yet, then you see 
what Quazy did. And it's like, you can't, you didn't get anything for next year. And yet when you traded up in the fourth round to get that cornerback from Missouri, you had to give the Raiders a fourth round pick next year. So I, I don't understand the, the, the train of thought. I don't understand the thought process and how inconsistent it appears from the, from that standpoint. Yeah, I don't know enough about. I'm trying to find. Like, there's, there, I mean, there's different ones out there, um, based on you know, different factors. So I don't know what they are, but and so and then a lot of it is like you, you can analyze the draft for the past thirty, forty years and kind of uh, switch things up, you know, put value on different picks. So mm-hmm. I think it comes down to that. What I didn't like about the draft, I was very happy with what the Vikings did. Yep. But did you like that uh, they took a tight end in the se- in the sixth round or the seventh round? Like that's yeah, your- <laughs> like, all right, we haven't picked a tight end yet. Let's waste the pick on a tight end. Um, yeah, they they moved got the you know thirty two and thirty four. Then they they then they, they moved up a little bit in the same in the back half of the second round was added. Or yes, they, yep. Yeah, that- so they traded the thirty fourth pick to Green Bay. And I, I was. I, mean, it, uh, I, I didn't the, want to give up that that second round pick. The Vikings had. All right, you want to move up twenty spots? Give us your first rounder, your first second, yes. and another one. So I mean, that's ultimately it's fine. But I thought the Vikings. I'm much more happy with them than most people are. I think. I I thought they did a masterful job of trading down and still getting who they wanted oh, in the draft. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, to get Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson, with them, you know, having the 34th pick and then still being able to trade down even beyond past, you know, they did have to trade. So in that trade with Green Bay, they they gave up the 34th pick for the 53rd and 59th pick. So they gained a second rounder there. So that's, again, something that's, that's very know, surprising to me, I guess, is that you, you pick up an extra second rounder with the Packers trading within the same round around lower but yet with the lions it's just it's weird to me how that all of that because the further you drop in the draft the less value your picks have so yep yeah so they get the 53rd and the 59th pick there uh with the with the packers and then they trade one of those second rounders and i think of either a third or a fourth round i think it was a fourth rounder and maybe a sixth rounder with i think it was was it the Colts? Yes, it was the Colts then. They've traded a couple different times with the Raiders on day three. But they move up to 42 then and snag Booth, who some people had. I mean, I, I'm looking at, at at Jeff's mock draft when we did Everybody last had week. him in the first round. Yeah, Everybody he did. Like, yeah, he had him at 14th to the Ravens. And, and Booth was widely yeah. expected, I think, to go in that first round or very early in the second round. So for the Vikings to get Booth there incredible value they did a masterful and and seen is a very good safety like they had they could have had kyle hamilton and i think everyone i think vikings fans would have really liked hamilton but they obviously he maybe didn't fit the scheme and for them to trade back and then get pro football focus's second rated safety at at the end of round one okay if, if that's how it was supposed to go then they did a great job of getting their guy by trading down that in, in that regard it's good the issue i have with the vikings overall in the draft is not who they got because ed ingram the the guard from lsu is good despite the sexual assault allegations hopefully there's really no character issues that we need to worry about with him now moving forward 
It's not so much, again, with what the Vikings did in the draft. It's the compensation they got in the trades. That's the issue I have with them. Yeah, yeah I don't know what the what the book says. So, I'm, yeah. I'm trading up big time in that, what, third or fourth round, trading up like 30 spots or whatever and giving up fourth round pick for next year for, a, you know, the guy from Missouri who's like, you know, 6'2 and long and... Mm-hmm. I mean, they must like him. Yep. Uh, they must like him. So I felt like, you know, they probably probably didn't have to trade up that high to get him, but they did. And he came out with the draft with the guys you want. So, um, yeah, people do not like it when you trade down. I had a buddy of mine text me. He's like, what are they doing? It's like, because he follows it, but not that closely. Yep. But you have plenty of good guys. And so I'm, uh, I look at the, you know, the draft grades and all that stuff and, I watch I watch Pro Football Focus made a YouTube and a Twitter thing mm-hmm. made a show and I just watched that all week when I wanted to watch stuff. And one of the guys there said, "Oh, we were kind of, you know, this makes sense for the Vikings. We're kind of surprised at how they approached this." I'm like, "Well, what else did you think they were going to do? They got a uh, two defensive backs, they got uh, an offensive lineman, a, de- a linebacker, and they mm-hmm. had more defensive backs. Like they took." They only took a couple of offensive players at the end where they solidified the defense because the defense was terrible. Yep, and they got a wide receiver that Keenan McArdle, the wide receiver coach for the team, absolutely, quote-unquote, pounded the table for. Like that, If he was the guy that that he wanted in that area, perfect, you were able to land him. Who? The wide receiver from Michigan State. Um, Yeah, from Michigan State, yeah, they got him. Yep, and and Keenan McArdle really wanted him, so... Oh, I got him. Yeah, so if, if that's the case, then that's great. Again, it's it, it's not so much with who they drafted. It's just how it's the compensation part in that, and especially with Green Bay. Because I think now, especially when Detroit and Green Bay play against the Vikings here now for at least the next four years, how whatever Jamison Williams does with – uh, with you know the wide receiver from Alabama who got drafted by the Lions there at pick 12. That's who they traded up to get. However he does against the Vikings, we're always going to bring up that trade. However good Christian Watson does with the with the Packers uh, against the Vikings, we're always going to look back to that day two trade. Like, you just don't trade. With the Lions, I don't think we knew what the Lions were going to get. What, what no, they, I, well, I was stunned. When they, when they traded up and they picked him, I was like, Another fucking wide receiver. That's yeah, just the a, funny thing with Detroit. You were thinking maybe quarterback. Maybe they were. Yeah. Maybe they were going to go get Hamilton. The the safety. Mm-hmm. Something was going to happen because the board fell like entire for the Vikings. The way that we were hoping not. We were hoping someone was going to fall, but the fact that no quarterbacks went, it just it made sense for the Vikings to trade out. So when when the Lions jump up and like, oh my god, they're getting Jamison Williams. Like I would have liked to have him. If the Vikings were going to make a selection, they trade down, so be it. But with the Packers, you knew exactly what they were going to do. That's what made Thursday night a little bit easier for me to stomach, was that the Packers had two first-round picks, and they chose a wide receiver with neither pick. They choose a defensive tackle, and they choose a, a, a linebacker or a corner. Like, it just... It was it was so Packer-esque of them not to take a wide receiver in the first round. 
and that you knew that was a, a position of need for them, especially given that they don't have Devontae Adams anymore. So when the, when the 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 trade gets announced on Friday that the Packers are moving up to 34, it's like you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go for either Sky Moore or they're going to go for Christian Watson. And sure enough, it's Watson, the wide receiver from NDSU. Is it a huge deal? No, because he's he's a bit of a like he's good, but he's not Devonte Adams good, and he's going to take a little bit of time to get going. He's not one of these five or six blue chip wide receiver prospects. But it's just the fact that you know what the Packers need, and yet they still made the deal for them, you know, so they could draft that wide receiver. That's the part that I think that's very suspect. Uh, on the part of Vikings fans, ever like, what are you doing? Helping the enemy get better. I look at it the other way, and I view them as helping the Vikings get better. Well, because they gave, they yeah. they gave us picks. Because nobody they say, oh, you you moved up and you picked this receiver. Well, yeah, but you also gave us two picks. Yep. I don't think I don't think Christian Watson's going to be good at all. Uh, you know, the, the knock on him is he can't catch the ball. Like, I'm, I'm just not picking you if that's your thing. If you're a quarterback whose accuracy is not good, you're not in, under consideration. If you're a receiver that can't catch, I don't care what else you can do. If you can't catch the ball, it doesn't matter what else you can do. You know, if, if you're a baseball player and can't hit the ball, I don't care how much power you have. If you can't hit the ball, it doesn't matter what else you can do. So I'm fine with them taking Christian Watson at 34, and then you look at it, there was not another receiver taken for the next nine spots. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as, all right, you call the Vikings up, hey, you want to trade? Vikings say no. Then you go to the Titans. Titans, you want to trade? They say no. You go to the Jets. You go to Houston. You go to Atlanta, Chicago, uh, Seattle. Vikings again. You go to New York. Mm-hmm. One of those teams is going to say, oh, yeah, you can, yeah, we'll trade with you. So I look at it as, they were going to get a receiver and Christian Watson no matter what. Yeah. So may, may as well be the Vikings. Say, oh, you you want to give us a couple picks, 54, 59, whatever? Sure, we'll take those picks for you to take a receiver, which I don't think is going to be good, rather than you trading to number 35 or 36 or 37 with some other team, getting your two picks. I will take your two picks from you. Yeah. You pick a receiver, who I think is awful. I'll drop down 20 spots, come back up uh, 10, 12 spots, and take the guy I was originally going to take at number 34, Yep. And Andrew Booth. And that's a so, great I mean, that, I thought that was absolutely masterful. And that's a great point as well. But if anyone can make a wide receiver good, it's Aaron Rodgers. And who would expect it? It's, it's Rodgers. But, I mean, overall, I don't think the the Packers are, clearly have an approach of we're going to win with defense this year and we're going to maybe run the ball a little bit more because. Well, thank God they only scored like seven points in that playoff game. Yeah. Thank God that one. Yeah, yep. It sure did. Um,. There were a number of surprises in this draft. Uh, and you know what? So I look at the bold predictions that I made. I said there would be over-under quarterbacks, uh, t- two-and-a-half quarterbacks taken in the first round. I went over. Only one went. Kenny Pickett, 20 to, to the Steelers. I said over-under, six-and-a-half wide receivers draft in the first round. I took the over. I'm going to give myself a push in that regard because technically we had two wide receivers get traded for first-round picks. Uh, and then I said the Chiefs were going to trade up. They did, though it just wasn't for a wide receiver. And the two monster trades in this first round, and I have no idea what the Arizona Cardinals are doing, except maybe 
there's a little more information out there now that DeAndre Hopkins is facing a six-game suspension for uh, a PEDs or something like that, the substance abuse. He did something. It's not good. So he's out the first six games. Uh, so the, the Cardinals made the trade with the Ravens, the 23rd overall pick for Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, a former Oklahoma wide receiver. I think he and Kyler Murray played together. They're good friends. Yes, they do. Uh, so that's a big boost to their offense. And it's kind of, I think, one of those um, – it's just it's a gesture to Kyler Murray like, hey, we're cr- trying to bring in your friend. We're trying to make this team better. Please sign that extension. We want you here in the desert. It's just an added more importance now to it by the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games. I don't know if, if Hollywood Brown is worthy of a first-round pick. I don't think he is. They think the, the, the Ravens traded a third-round pick along with Hollywood Brown for the Cardinals' number one overall, or for their first-round pick, and they ended up using it on Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. And the, the Ravens, once again, just masterful jobs in the draft. Hamilton falls to them. Uh, they get Linderbaum. They got David Ajabo from Michigan. He tore his ACL at his pro day. But, you know, if if he were healthy, he would have been a first-round pick easily. So uh, I, I'm questionable with what the Cardinals did there. And then the massive one was A.J. Brown getting traded from Tennessee to Philadelphia for first-round pick. And that they give him a four-year deal, $100 million. The Titans weren't willing to do that. Uh, Traylon Burks is the guy that's going to replace A.J. Brown down there. That's who the Titans used with that with that pick that uh, the Eagles gave him. But it's just a, a massive deal that the Eagles made with the Titans. Uh, so I think the Titans and the Cardinals got massively worse with their deals. I think Hollywood Brown will be better in Arizona. I think he was Baltimore's best receiver, but yeah. Baltimore's quarterback is not – a prolific thrower. Nope. So he's he not. should produce better as a Cardinal. What I found funny about A.J. Brown is that, like, they, they trade him. He's, like, still, like, 23 years old. There were multiple receivers in this draft taken older than him. Mm-hmm. And he's been on for, like, three years already. I found funny they, they announced the trade, and then, like, 10 minutes later, oh, yeah, yeah, a four-year extension worth $100 million. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you get a $100 million deal done when you just when we just found out twenty minutes ago that you got traded to a new team, yeah, it obviously was something being worked on all day. And apparently, there is video out there supposedly of Mike Vrabel after this trade gets announced walking out of the out of the Titans draft room. I haven't seen it, but obviously that's not something that Vrabel is is very happy with. So, for me, if I'm looking at the Titans, like I don't, I still don't know how they got the one seed last year, given the the injuries to. Uh, to Derrick Henry, and they had injuries at the wide receiver position for much of the year, and yet somehow they still managed to be the one seed in the AFC. Uh, in the AFC overall, I don't think that's happening this year. In fact, like just with how good the AFC is, you lose a guy of AJ Brown's caliber. The the Colts got better with adding Matt Ryan as quarterback because he's uh, he's got to be better than Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't see the Titans. They're maybe looking at the long term uh, and not just this year. They're they're not making the playoffs this year, as far as I like. That's a massive talent that you just gave up to the Eagles uh, for your future. Well, 
Ryan Tannehill had like a couple of really good years that were very surprising because he was not very good with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And then last year they get the one seed and he was not very good. Awful. Like, it was like, all right, you, you were good. And now we built this team up and we had these receivers and Julio Jones and what, what happened to you? You got worse. Mm-hmm. And like they were too, they got to draft a quarterback. They got to get a guy. And they finally got uh, Malik Willis in the third round. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's all right. You got, you don't need one now, but maybe as soon as next year, you may need one. So yeah, a lot, a lot of big trades, just, just uh, a ridiculous amount of trades. Every pick seemed to be traded. Like, what's the point of a mock draft or this or that if 20, 25 picks are going to be traded? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, listen, this team made a trade. Like, a lot of trades. There were nine first-round trades this year. That's the most ever, and they all started at, at pick eleven. Like that's. Well, and then you and then you just look at all the all the pre-draft trades, mm-hmm. and there were what, eight teams that didn't have a first-round pick, and eight teams that had multiple first-round picks. And mm-hmm. Vikings traded a lot, and I'll say the same thing I said about the Detroit the, the Detroit trade. I said about the Green Bay trade. Sure, I'll take your thirty-second, thirty-fourth picks for the for number twelve. And, you know, if they don't do it, then, then Houston trades with them, Baltimore trades with them. Somebody's going to trade with Detroit yeah. to get to get the receiver. So I will take I will take your picks from you. So that's the way I look at it. And, yeah, to get a safety, that's what they needed. They got them. And to get the cornerback, that was that was good there as well. So they, they went into the draft with only two picks in the top 77. They came out of it with four in the top sixty-six. That's really four four picks between thirty-two and sixty-six. Good point. And that that, that takes some good some good drafting because this is a team that has a lot of got a lot of holes to fill. They need to hit on some of these guys. And if these two two defensive backs, if they are not necessarily Pro Bowl guys, but they have to be starters and they have to be good. Mm-hmm. They have to earn a second contract. And if both of them do, this will be a so be a successful draft. Well, and, you know, some people were talking about, like, maybe it's the Viking salary cap situation. Maybe that's why they try and trade down, because they don't have as much money. I don't know how much. From what, uh, that's what I thought of. From like, oh, they dropped 20 spots. That's got to be a big difference. And from what I could find, it's not a big difference, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's only like $1 million. Yep. So it was not. They're going to pay Lewis Seen like $2 million this year. So... Yeah, an obscenely cheap contract uh, for, for what you could get. Aha, obscene. <laughs> I see what uh, you did there. Yes. <laughs> um, just looking at where the quarterbacks went, so Kenny Pickett goes 12, he goes 12 feet next door to from the Pittsburgh Panthers to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's kind of cool, you know, because they share a practice facility, so he goes first. But then, you know, the, the quarterbacks, they just didn't go. I mean, Desmond Ritter goes to Atlanta – I don't know if he's their long-term solution at quarterback there, but obviously Atlanta needed something to back up Mariota, and so Riz, uh, Ritter is good. Matt Corral goes to Carolina in the third round, so maybe that ends the Baker Mayfield talk. Willis went to Tennessee. All these teams that have quarterback questions, uh, you think maybe would be looking next year uh, like t- especially Tennessee and Atlanta, like, I'm having a hard time even just picking out who's going to be the worst team in the NFL this next season. I'm thinking it's Atlanta. I I still wouldn't have taken Drake London if I were them. I would have gone Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams over Drake London. I, I 
I just don't know what Atlanta is going to be like this year. So I would probably put them at, towards the bottom. But if you're going to put yourself Houston, in that, Houston's going to be bad. Houston, but Houston will be better. Jacksonville will be better. Like I don't. Jets, the Jets are going to be bad. Oh, the, but the Jets nailed their draft. They were yeah. so good. They getting, um, you know, getting Brees Hall and Jermaine Johnson and Ahmad Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson. Like they crushed it. They, so yes, they'll be better this year. They're still a ways away from competing, but there's no doubt that this draft made them a much better team. I just don't know who I'm if I'm looking and saying like, oh, there's one obvious team that's uh, yeah. going to be at the bottom. Like last year, we knew it was Houston, and um, this year I don't. I would, have I, would that. I would say Houston will probably pick in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta will probably not be very good. Yeah. Maybe Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle's got a chance to be pretty bad. Yep. Um, like the Giants, as long as that guy's their quarterback, the Giants and the Jets. I think Giants and Jets are still going to be in the top ten next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Carolina should be bad. They're going to do Sam Darnold again. Yeah. I... Like they they look for they look for upgrades. It's like you need to just start over. Like the yeah. Matt Rule, bad. Uh, Unfortunately for him, he's probably going to get fired before this thing turns around. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you, you took a, Sam Darnold was your chance. You're like, all right, is he any good? Can we get him out of, out of New York? And is he going to be better as than than than, uh, than he was? And it turns out that he was not. So, mm-hmm. I look at the Jets. People love what the Jets did. You know, yeah, Sauce Gardner. If he, if the hype with him is real, and you know, good pick there. Jermaine Johnson, I don't know anything about him. Florida State, we got from what Minneapolis area. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, Eden Prairie, so, uh, o- older like guy, but uh, good. It, he it was stunning to see him fall all the way to twenty six. Brees Hall, you know, he was great at Iowa State. There was a run of running backs there, and I'm like, you know, James Cook is my guy. I guess I liked him the most yeah. out of anybody. Yep. And he went to Buffalo. And I think that's going to be great for him, man. Buffalo. Yes. I'm yes. like, yeah, you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a running back in the second round. I just, you know, you just don't need that. And then Garrett Wilson, like your quarterback is bad, and you want to give your quarterback a shot, and you want to give him weapons and some receivers. Mm-hmm. But I am just, I just think Zach Wilson is just so terrible. Like he is as bad as Jake Locker or anybody else that I've hated through the decades. Yep. Like he is as bad as that, I think, and he's somebody that should not be in. You know, he's got a chance to. You got to improve. You got to be better this year. The, the 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 bar is low. Be better than last year when you were absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. When whoever the hell they put in as a backup or to replace them did Mike better. White. Mike White. Who the fuck is Mike White? Person that did better than your number two pick. So if again, if you know, if I pick you number two, you better be better than Mike White. Mm-hmm. And he just was not. So they give him a shot. Yeah, I'm gonna. Hold off on the Jets a little bit before announcing them winners of the draft. And people like with with the uh, with the Giants did. I mean, it's hard to fuck up two top ten picks. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. No, no matter who you pick, within reason, it's like, oh yeah, this guy's really good, and that guy's really good. We got the best defensive end, and we got the best or the second best offensive tackle. And they made so if the, you do that, people are going to like that. And they made they they went the right approach with taking Kayvon Thibodeau there at five because none of the offensive tackles had gone by that point. So you know if you take Thibodeau at five, that you are going to have 
two of the top three offensive tackles still available there at seven if Carolina went offensive tackle at six, which they did take in Ekam uh, Iquano from NC State, so he's staying right in the area. So I, I, I love the Giants' approach to taking Thibodeau first um, with the fifth overall pick and then taking the offensive tackle, Evan Neal, there at seven. Uh, so I thought the Giants' approach, how they approached the, fo- the fifth and seventh picks were very good. Um, yeah, obviously you wanna, I guess you want to diversify your picks. You could have taken both offensive tackles mm-hmm. and, and be set left side, right side. Yep. Or whatever that's worth. And, yep. you know, I, I don't, just don't feel comfortable in saying any of these people are going to be good. So, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau, oh, he might be good. Evan Neal, I have no idea. You know, it's yeah. like, all right, you picked a Alabama tackle. People like him. Hopefully he's good. But it doesn't matter when you have the quarterback there. You have to move on from him. And, um, you know, a lot of these teams with quarterbacks, like they should have moved on from from David Jones. They just should have. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, what? what is going to happen? This is, what, year four? Yes, and they didn't pick like, up what? his option. It was odd that they no. they announced that they weren't picking up his option on the Thursday of the first day of the draft. And I think that was to kind of maybe throw teams off of the scent or off of the trail. Like, oh, maybe they, w- they, maybe they would be taking a quarterback with one of their top ten picks. Like, what is going to happen? Like, how much better is he going to get? So I don't see that. Well, I do love what the Jets did, and I would do this every year. Their final pick was the 12th pick of the fourth round. Yeah. And for me, there's no reason to have a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. There is absolutely no reason. They got seven picks all in the, you know, top 150 or whatever it was. You know, picking guys in the sixth and seventh round, what the fuck for? Mm -hmm. Once every 10 years, twice every 10 years, you'll get a guy. You'll get a Matt Burke. You'll get a Stephon Diggs. That's exciting. But I, I like getting – that's why I like what the Vikings did. They had four picks in the top 65. It's like give me give me as many picks as you can, as high as you can. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Jets. They had four of the top 36 picks. Yes, they did. Like you should make that work. You For the top 36, you're picking every nine picks. Mm-hmm. You need to make that work. So, again, but I love – I mean, for one, I like what Kansas City did. Yes, and I, I think right now I would again it's between them and Buffalo for the Super Bowl for me. Yep, agreed. agreed. Um, the one team though, I thought I thought like you said, Baltimore. Every time they would pick, I would say, "God damn, that's a good pick." Yeah, I was like, I would I would switch drafts with you for my favorite team in an instant. Yes, yes. We all kind of wanted Kyle Hamilton. We'll see how he works out, and Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, and David Ajobu, and they got that. The defensive tackle from Connecticut, Travis Jones, yes. that people liked. And, yep. And uh, how about yep. uh, uh, Faalele, the uh, big offensive mm-hmm. tackle from Minnesota? I mean, that's they got him, and they got they picked the first punter from Penn State, and just, just their top four. Picks. How did Matt Ariza not be, get? He wasn't even the second punter or third punter uh, draft. No. Like, what's going and on? And he goes to Buffalo. I, I like him going to Buffalo late, yes. and uh, I like James Cook going to Buffalo. I thought yes. Buffalo. Had uh, had some solid picks. Yes, um, I think a lot of teams think he. I think my thing is that he kicks too deep. He he, he kicks the ball too good and too far. Oh my god! Like, what, oh, a, no. what a problem! We want hang time. We want hang time instead of kicking it sixty yards. Uh, we want hang time more. But I'm like, hey, uh, here's a strategy: kick it over the fucking returner's head, yeah. so he can't return it. How about that? Yeah, you do that a couple times, and they'll maybe back up 
10 or 15 yards. Exactly. Kick the ball so goddamn far, and this guy's proven he can, that uh, anywhere on the field, you can uh, you can switch field position. So I'm very interested to see what he does mm-hmm. in his career uh, because in college, I mean, we have, have there's never been a kicker that's kicked it as far as he has. So right. I thought Buffalo had a good draft. Yes. I thought Kansas City. You know, they got uh, what Sky Moore. Yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things where anybody you put there. Yep. Should do okay. They get McDuffie, uh, so the cornerback from Washington, the Carl Loftus, the defensive end mm-hmm. from Purdue. Uh, they yeah, were the Wisconsin linebacker, third yep. round, Leo Chanel, people like him. Yep. Um, they got a guard from Kentucky that kind of fell. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, I like what they did. So, yeah, between Kansas City, uh, Buffalo with some good later on picks, and Baltimore, those are the teams I like the most. People like the Jets and Giants, I'll wait on that. People like what Detroit did. I don't give a goddamn shit about Detroit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, any, anybody else, I don't know. But I really liked a couple of those teams. And the yeah. Bears, uh, I don't know if you know the stack, and Bears have a bad offense. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, lack of wide receivers. Um... So they go they go cornerback and safety like the Vikings in their first round mm-hmm. and second round. They pick a receiver from Tennessee in the third. And they don't pick anybody else uh, an offensive skill position till the sixth. They, so who who the hell what, what who's catching balls for that team? A Byron Pringle who they got from the Chiefs and Equimonius St. Brown from uh, Green Bay. That's who they got in the offseason. Bears could be another team that you might look at as a as a top ten team next year. You know, Justin Fields, I thought he'd be pretty good, but he was not. Yeah, um, they're not giving them much help at all. Um, this this offensively, this is the worst offense I see. Yeah, from from a receiver standpoint, it's just like I I don't have any in this division. I mean, you need to beat Detroit and the Bears twice and split with the Vikings. Yeah. You need to get five wins. They've got Dakota Dozier at right guard. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, it wasn't good. A couple other draft notes here. Uh, I, again, I, I plead ignorance here, but I had no idea who Ed Marinero was. I didn't watch Blue Mountain High or whatever like that. And he had, uh, our, you know, just an embarrassing moment at the draft by going too long and having the producer come on and say, read the fucking What pick. was he talking I didn't really see it. What was he talking about? Just I don't know. He was just talking about it. I think he was giving his whole damn, uh, like, a biopic of, like, what of his what he's accomplished in life. I had no idea he even played for the Vikings. I had no idea who the hell he was. I, <laughs> I, I knew. He did. I looked at his stats. He didn't have a very good or long career, and he became an actor. Like why? Why would that be the Vikings guy? Like for goodness sakes, Ahmad Rashad would be far better than that. People might think of him as like the NBA guy, but no, he played you know wide receiver for the Vikings. Get someone other than Ed, like you. Everyone else, I, I looked through the list and I could tell you who or like okay, it's a celebrity. I know they're a fan or I know that this guy used to play for him. You, know, I no idea that Ed Marinero. Whoever the hell he was uh, played for the Vikings. Like, that's a bad pick. That makes the Vikings look bad. I knew who he was because my dad would mention him as a kid. Okay. Because he was in a cop show called Hill Street Blues back yes. in the 70s, I think in the 80s. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen the show. I've heard of the show, but he was in that show. He was the coach, right? 
No, this is oh, this is oh, that, 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 oh. No, this is back. This is a cop show. Oh, okay. This was before he was the coach in what Blue Mountain High or something like that. I didn't. Yeah, I've heard of that. Show. I never watched it. I did. I did not know he was in that until this weekend. I'm like, oh, he was a coach in that. I never watched that. Uh, but there was a police drama, I guess, on NBC in the oh. from '81 to '87 called Hill Street Blues, and he was in that show. And my dad would mention that periodically that Ed Marinero was in this show. Like, mm-hmm. who the hell is that? Oh, he used to play for the Vikings. So it turns out he wasn't any good. Okay. He's like a backup running back for a couple of years. But he probably was more famous maybe as an actor. So, yeah, uh, Ed Marinero, he also finished runner-up in the Heisman, uh, 70, 71, 69, somewhere on there. So as I told- he Go ahead. went on to act in quite a few, looking at his bio here, he was in quite a few television shows throughout the year. So I had heard of him through that. I, I, I hadn't, and like I said, I, like I told Matt Zimmer on Twitter, like he could have said, hi, I'm Ed Marinero, and had a picture on, on his shirt, and I would still be like, who the hell are you? Like, I, think, I think Vikings fans back in the 70s and 80s probably know him because of his acting. And oh yeah, he was a former player, and then he became, I think, more well-known as an actor. Yeah, apparently, whatever. Uh, also, does your, does, your, does your dad, does, does he know who Ed Marinero is? I don't know. Is? I have to ask him. Uh, I'm sure he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, it looks like he had a very good college career. Uh, ESPN did their greatest 150 college football players. He was 126. Oh, okay. Wow. He was one of uh, well, three Ivy that. League players. He went to uh, Cornell. He was the 50th pick in the 72 draft, and somehow he was with Maxwell Award is out for running back. Uh, yes. Or just the just guy, just all around college college player, mm-hmm. I guess. So he was second in the Heisman. So he was he was somebody in college. Yeah. Just didn't have a good pro career, and then did some acting. Well, if you're going to be second in the Heisman one year, I would hope you're you have a pretty good collegiate career and can crack the 150 that ESPN did. Uh, also of note, Pierre Strong Jr., running back from South Dakota State, gets drafted to the New England Patriots. I think that's good. I I. I I hope he has a lot of success there. I think uh, Bill, Be- Bill Belichick is going to use him in a variety of different ways, so that's good. And then I was really surprised when Chris Oladokun was drafted by the Steelers in the seventh round. I thought Because I had heard that the Chiefs had brought him in, and I thought, okay, the Chiefs have two picks coming up here in the seventh round. This is where Oladokun is going to go. He's going to be picked by the Chiefs. And the Chiefs were like two picks away from, from drafting. And maybe they wouldn't have taken him, but I was very surprised that Pittsburgh opted to go the Washington route and take two quarterbacks in the same draft. Remember, that was the year that the, the Washington took RG3 first and then took Kirk Cousins in the fourth round out of Michigan State there. So while obviously a bigger gap in, in the picks... For them to pick Oladokun there, I was really surprised by that pick. I'm happy he got drafted. I think he's got a chance to make the roster because I don't like Mason Rudolph. You've seen him. Uh, we know what we got with Frank. I, I like this opportunity that Oladokun right. has. Those three, I mean, their quarterbacks are set. They're going to have three. Frank, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph. I mean, those are your quarterbacks. They should probably all three make the team, so I don't see. I mean, how does how does 
you know, there were rumblings of he, he was getting looked at. And I'm like, he was fine. He was good. He was that stopgap quarterback with Gronowski out. He's like, all right, we got a good guy here mm-hmm. to get us, you know, into the national semifinals again. That's why I thought he was going to go to the Chiefs. That's the team I had heard him linked to. The like, why would why would anybody pick him though? It's like Taron Christian can't get a sniff, and this guy gets drafted. Who's better? Hey. I mean, Taron Christian's the best quarterback they ever had. Yep. And Chris Oladokun, I probably would have forgotten him in a few years. Like, who was who was that guy? Oh yeah, that's who it was. And, you know, good for him. Yeah. But it's like, why? Of all the guys SDSU's had through the years, Chris Oladokun gets drafted. Really? Like, Cade Cade Johnson can't get drafted. Uh, All these other guys, uh, Jake Winicky can't get drafted. Mm -hmm. Best receivers they've ever had. Uh, Did Zach Zenner get picked even? No, he was undrafted, I believe. Yeah, Zach Zenner, best running back they've ever had. Undrafted. Had an okay career. Can't get a chance. Chris Oladokun, seventh round. Like, what? Really? So, to me, it's just strange. Doesn't make any sense. Pierre Strong gets drafted lower than I thought. There were a number of running backs that went ahead of him that I was surprised by, but ultimately going in the fourth round, pick 127 is not awful. It's fine. I thought it would be in the fifth round. I think it's 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 fine going to New England because they use all of their running backs. They yes. don't have one that they just ride to the ground. So he should see playing time because they use. I mean, it's it's frustrating uh, for fantasy football guys because you never know who's going to do anything with New England. Exactly. One guy might score three touchdowns one week and then might not see the field the next. So I think he'll get an opportunity. It's better than going to the Vikings or somebody else where he's not going to see the field. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. So, any other thoughts on the NFL draft? Georgia had 15 guys taken, most so ever. Many, so many guys. So they were really good. We knew that. Um, yeah, I watched uh, Pro Football Focus. Second, so like, what did I? I forgot. I'd watched watched them last year. I got on Twitter and Facebook, and I like what they do. Mm-hmm. They got Chris Collinsworth on in the first day, and the other guys on throughout the uh, throughout the weekend. So I like. I like what they do. I don't need to see the picks. I don't need to see all the other horseshits. They say, all right, who's picked? I think I get it maybe a little bit earlier. And they say, all right, Bill Johnson was picked. Bill Johnson, what do you know about him? Well, he's this, he's that. And they, you know, they got their computers up and they got their notes and say, all right, Bill Johnson's this. He's really fucking fast. This is what he can do. This is what he can't do. You know, I, so, I, I'm going to be honest here. I didn't watch ESPN for a second. I was all NFL Network. This is the first time I've ever done that. Normally, I'll flip to NFL Network on occasion, and I'm, I'm primarily an ESPN guy. Nope. This year, all NFL Network, and I think that's the way I'm going to stay from here on forward. I love Daniel Jeremiah. Um, I, I love Charles Davis. Rich Eisen's very good, of course. You get uh, Peter Schrager in there. Uh, I was a little perplexed why David Shaw was an analyst for a day, and then... Joe Klatt, you know, the Fox guy, I understood that a little bit more. But uh, NFL Network here moving forward for me. They're a very good job. Uh, so that's a, maybe the ultimate upset of the NFL draft is that I didn't watch ESPN at all. I don't like any of them, so to hell, to hell with both of them. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, the quarterback was the big story. Nobody in the uh, until the third round get picked there until the first round. And so then I like this draft for the quarterbacks because none of them were expected to play right away, mm-hmm. except Kenny Pickett maybe. So the bar is very low because if any of these guys go in you know in the first round, there's expectations. No, there's no expectations for any of them. So anything that they do is fine. Matt Corral with Panthers. Yep. He should be better than Sam Darnold. I would hope. If not, he's going to have a short career. Uh, Sam Howell dropped the most of anybody, it feels like. He was, people thought maybe end of the first round, early second. He drops to the fifth round. And he goes to Washington, and there will be ample time to play for Washington this season. Mm-hmm. You'd expect for Mr. Sam Howell. So, no Malik Willis. And then we're talking about the Vikings, maybe Malik Willis, and that just yep. didn't happen. Wouldn't that have been something if they had drafted him at 32? And honestly, um, well, they got that guard from LSU. Was that after him? Yeah, yep. Uh, I, mean, I, I, prob- I probably would have preferred the, guard, uh, the, the quarterback than the guard. That they drafted they, but, they drafted him second round. That I, or, or was oh, it third yeah. round? Um, then they got or third round. They got the uh, they got a defensive end or that linebacker from Oklahoma third round. Yeah, yeah. And then he looks all right. But then at that point, you're like, hmm, Malik Willis drops to the back end of the third round. I would have taken him. Mm-hmm. But you've got Kellen Mond there, yep. and I would just cut ties with him. And you've got Sean Mannion. And if it's not impossible to cut ties with such a terrible player, then you just gotta say, Kellen Mond, sorry, but we gotta move on. Malik Willis. In two years. We're going to give you a shot in two years. That seems to be the best strategy for him. Because I still, like, what is this team's future quarterback? Another year where it's like, all right, Kirk Cousins is our guy. We can win eight or nine games. Mm-hmm. We'll see if something happens where we win 11 games, 11 or 12. Can he, that one year, you need one year where you put it all together. And you've got two years here at least to figure that out. So if we go into next off season, and again, we have Kirk Cousins going into the last year of his deal, mm-hmm. and he has another good year, and they, they, I mean, they have to make the playoffs next year. They have to. Ed this, Ingram this was is, the guard number 59th overall, so he went ahead of, of Willis. And I mean, Malik Willis would have been a nice project just to sit on the bench for a couple of years and see if they can figure out. And the, the fact that N'Kobe Dean get, didn't get picked until 83rd annoys the hell out. I would have preferred him over this Oklahoma linebacker. But Who? Oh, and then, yeah, mentioning N'Kobe yeah, uh, Dean. Dean. Yeah. And then it was, all right, what, what injury does he have in the shoulder? And then he's got this and he's got that. Like, I don't give a shit if he doesn't play this year. To me, I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. Yes. He goes to the Eagles in the third round. I think he's going to be the best defensive player in this draft, and if not, I think he's going to be going to be a Pro Bowl or whatever you want. I think he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good. And, and once you get past a certain point, and obviously teams maybe just say, "No, oh, we don't want to deal with that injury." I, but then I you just, got David David Ajobu who goes in the second round, yeah, and he probably shouldn't play this year when he tore his Achilles. Yep, and he shouldn't play. And and Baltimore picks him. I'm like, yes, fine. Like I don't care. That you might miss a year. If you're going to be excellent, it's, it's such a crapshoot the draft is that everybody knows, mm-hmm. and it is so random who is good and who is not. 
take a guy that you think is good. And I think both those guys are going to be good, regardless of what injury they have. So, yeah, I I I wanted Dean, and I was it angered me that the Vikings didn't draft him and kept passing him. And I think I feel I feel I feel sorry for him. I felt sorry for him. Now he goes to the Eagles. Like I kind of want to cheer for the guy because he's. Nicobe Dean is really good, and I don't. I'm perplexed that he fell to 83rd. By the way, Justin, he was the he was the best player on the best defense ever. Yes. So that's what he was. Yeah, I will take that player. Yeah, I would too. By the way, uh, former Clemson wide receiver, you might remember him, Justin Ross. You remember him? Yeah. I do. Freshman was really good, and then he got got injured and didn't do much. Yeah, but uh, he's got a lot of potential. He just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, if you're gonna go somewhere, probably go there. And if you're gonna if you're gonna do well, you're gonna do well there. So. Yeah, that's a that's a potential awesome addition for the for the Chiefs there as their wide receiver room gets redone in light Okay, thank God you brought that up. Okay. The wide receiver room, the tight end room, the quarterback room. You want to know something second that noise the fuck out of me? What's that? Is that phrase the room, the oh. position room. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault, but this is a thing, what, in the last couple of years, two, three years? has become part of the football vocabulary. Oh, we're going to add this guy to the tight end room. This is a great addition to the quarterback room. He's going to fit in nicely in our running back room. And they they meet and they break down into positions into the different rooms in a facility. Yeah. And they meet with their position coaches based on their positions. Mm -hmm. When and who the fuck started this thing that for what it just annoys the piss out of me... (laughs) The the court, we're going to add Chris Oladokun to our quarterback room. What? To me, it feels like such a fucking inside football smart type of you know we're you know not yeah it it's just not annoys the shit out of me. It's just like I want to. It's like not punch you, but I want to punch other people. <laughs> it's like they like, made the like oh it it doesn't help the team. It helps the room. No, you know what? Uh, you know I don't it, give a goddamn shit what you do. Do, do good on the field. It's kind of like if you were to build a house and you're like, okay, we need to change like a couple of things like this beam in the, the uh, like it, it, it changes the structure of the team. It changes the look of the team. And we're like, yeah, but how's the wallpaper in that room going to be? Like that's the, no, you're, you're changing the structure of it. You're changing the fundamental piece on this team. Like the beam is the big part of the house. Don't look at the fucking wallpaper and say, oh yeah, but this really changes things. Um, I agree. I was just saying there's a lot of different wide receivers in the room, but it ultimately it makes a difference on that team. That team is going to look vastly different. With wide receivers, we're adding we're adding Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth to our secondary room, our defensive <laughs> backs room. I am going to refrain. safety's room, quarterbacks room. <laughs> I am going to refrain now as much as I can from referring God, to any position. Thank God you brought that up because I thought about it. Like, I want to bring this up, <laughs> and they do that. Like who who the fuck started that? Same same guy that started uh, in basketball. This guy he can really score the ball. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, again, like we, I've said this before, you don't score the ball. You score points. You shoot the ball, you pass the ball, you turn the ball over, you block the shot, you block the ball. You, you don't score the ball. That doesn't even, that sounds like what some illiterate person says. What did you do today, Bill? Oh, Mom, I scored the ball. And then, then, then your wife looks at your, 
at your husband and says, our trial is a dumb son of a bitch because he says he scored the ball. It's like, no, you don't score the ball. That's another basketball thing in the last five years that's been, oh, this guy, he he's a, he can, he's a great scorer of the ball. Like, I, no, you don't score the ball. How about, you do a lot of things with it. Scoring is not one of them. How about those that say, oh, he just loves football. Like, this guy is a football player because he loves well, football. Well, I mean, John he Madden kind of started that, life. I think. I think Go that, nuts! I think that was. But good. yeah, the the Ruolo, a great, great addition to the uh, to the wide receivers room. Yeah, like, go fuck yourself and your room. <laughs> so that's a good good point to end on. There we go. That's our NFL. And next, game. I mean, next year, I always go to next year. Uh, what the hell was Kansas it? City. And next year, yeah, you got Bryce Young, Alabama. You'll be number one. Yes. Um, and who else? Like I don't know anybody else. Like, Will Anderson, Stroud? I think he is a uh, Will Anderson. And he's also a guy from Alabama. Yep. C.J. Stroud would be the other quarterback. Yep. He'll be another guy. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. I see here a couple of these guys. I don't know who they are, so I had to look them up. Uh, Tanner McKee. You know who quarterback? You know who Tanner McKee quarterbacks for? Tanner McKee. Oh, yeah. He sounds like I looked he... it up. I looked it up already. I already forgot who it was, so I look it up again. And Stacking, uh, I'm going to hate this guy because he's uh, 6'6", oh, he must 230. Be in the, he must be in the Pac-12 somewhere if you hate him. Um, Washington. Oh, he's, in, he's at Stanford. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I, have you ever heard of Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee? I think I did. St- I, the name sounds now that you put it with the school. I think I recall him from a couple of games last year. Spencer Rattler's at South Carolina this year, so that's the name to watch. Yeah, he had 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions for a bad Stanford team, and completed 65 percent of his passes. Uh, pass on a guy at six six, and then uh, Will Levis. I guess I've heard of him once. I looked him up. I'm like, oh, that's who he is. You know who Will Levis is? Uh, no. He's a quarterback for Kentucky. Oh, all right. So that, well, what, what a world we live in when we get like a, a Duke quarterback in the top ten, mm-hmm. and a few years later we get a Kentucky quarterback in the top ten. So, Pro Football Focus, their twenty twenty three top ten. They've got four quarterbacks in the top eight. Oh my! Two of them. I mean, I expect the quarterback may go one two. Like oh, if yes. the Jets are yep. picking high, if, if the Jets are there, and if they're that high, I mean they got to go quarterback. Yep. Yep. And you no know, Atlanta, they have Desmond Ritter. That doesn't mean they can't. So the thing about it is, none of these teams that pick quarterbacks, picking them should not seclude them from picking a guy next year. Right. Because they're third, fourth, fifth rounders. Like, so what? Pick a guy. You want a guy from Kentucky, uh, Seattle? Pick a guy from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Washington needs a guy. Pick a guy. Carolina needs one of these guys. You should pick a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the it's it's a very good quarterback class. At least the top two are fantastic quarterbacks. There. Oh, I will. I will. I will say this: the one guy uh, on Pro Football Focus. You look at what they what they said last year at this time because because we, we never go back to say, hey, what did they say a year ago? Yeah, but Sam Howell was got to be up there. Yes, they had Spencer Rattler at number one. Mm-hmm. They had Sam Howell at number two to the Lions. Uh, Derek Stingley, three to the Jets, and that almost happened. Yep. 
Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, DeMarvin Leal, defensive lineman uh, A&M. I think he fell to maybe third round, yeah. maybe. Yep, he was a ways down there. Um, Emory Jones, quarterback Florida, which is ridiculous. He's awful. Mm-hmm. Think it um, the court, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Elam, the quarterback of Florida, went to Buffalo. He's in the top ten. Yep. For this one guy. So, I mean, a year out, couple, a couple misses, couple hits. I feel like the quarterbacks but, are far more set in stone for next year than they are this year. Yes. Yeah. I mean, bar talk- injury. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, Ohio State should both be in the playoff. Bryce Young has looked really good, and you know, I, I would look at Houston. Houston has that team um, that, and if you're Detroit, you know you should probably be looking at quarterback as well. Well, they have they'll have a couple first round picks next year with the Rams again. So uh, I mean, I mean, you got Jamison Williams, and it sounds like he's going to play a little bit. But if you can get Bryce Young and Jamison Williams back together, if you're Detroit, then that's uh, go go try to do that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's head to the diamond, shall we? Where the Minnesota Twins have turned things around, and I really hope that by talking as highly of them as as we're about to, that we don't jinx them. But a uh, they've won nine of ten. They took two out of three over the weekend from Tampa Bay. I think that's encouraging. The bats are waking up. The pitching remains good. We're waiting for that pitching to drop off. At some point, it will. But it's just encouraging to see the bats all of a sudden wake up. It is. Um, I feel confident this team's going to make the playoffs now and win the division, so my expectations have changed three weeks a month in. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Sox are awful. There's nobody else you got to be concerned about. and just be concerned about what Chicago has going on. So it's been, yeah, they've won nine of ten. They've got Baltimore coming up, and that's you have to win at least three of those. Yep. So this is you know, this is exciting. Uh, you're watching them. It's it's fun to watch them. Uh, Dylan Bundy, the regression hit him pretty hard on Friday night. He got hit hard and early. Mm-hmm. So I think he still went like six innings, gave up six runs. Uh, four or five of those were like immediate, like bam, hit, 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 homer, double, walk, walk. So, yeah, he kind of fell off. And, and Chris Archer did four innings, and that's all I expect out of him. So, six-man rotation, seven-man rotation. The pitching has been excellent. They got Josh Winder. Winded up yesterday, his first start. After coming out of the bullpen for, for four-some innings a couple times, he's been excellent. He was very good last year in the minors. And Josh Winder, that's, that's a name to remember. Yep. Uh, Sonny Gray should be back maybe uh, this weekend off of injury, off a little uh, time off. Uh, Joe Ryan has been an ace. Mm -hmm. He's been excellent. Looking for rookies of the year. Joe Ryan would be right there right now. What is is his whip? Two hits in seven innings. Is it like a .76 whip, which is like... He does not walk anybody. He does not walk anybody, and then when he's on... Um, he ain't given him any hits. Two uh, two hits, seven innings, no runs against but Detroit. It's, isn't it something like the third lowest out of a guy in his first like ten starts since the since the beginning of time? Like it's it's. I a, would imagine so. It's, He's it's thrown a, fifth. His nine is, starts is right up there with him. It, it would it would have to be. It, it can't get much lower 
50 innings, nine starts, a whip of .74. That is... .74, damn it, I was off by .2. Point I mean, that is really minuscule. He's, average, he's given up 3.9 hits per nine, which is the fewest in baseball. He had one bad start last year among his five in September. His first start this year against Seattle wasn't that great, uh, but he didn't give up, give up many runs. His area is 1.17, 23 innings. He beat the shit out of Boston a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dominated Detroit this week. He does not throw very hard. He throws like 92, 93, which is not exceptionally hard at all. Maybe even below average, but he gets swings and misses. He's averaging 10 strikeouts per nine, which is fine. Um, he, yes, he, ooh, A plus. A plus across the board for him. Looking across the the rest of Major League Baseball here, like the Yankees are right now, as we're recording this, on a nine-game win streak, but you look at who they're playing, like the Guardians and the Orioles and the Royals. I'm not going to take any – I'm not really putting any stock into that. Yes, Garrett Cole's pitching really good, but the Yankees, like this is what you expect. you got to beat these teams. So the Yankees are going to fall back a little bit here. I still like the Blue Jays in that division. The Angels have been pretty impressive. Like that AL West is awfully difficult uh, by all appearances. The Mets continue to be really good. The Brewers have come back on track. The the NL West is – is good so there's really hasn't been any like yes we're not even a month in so it's a little difficult to say like to take stock into a lot of things they're like this is how baseball is going to be this year but like some like the Mets I think we we feel really good about if maybe the twins are going to be that team uh anything else like we have to wait a little bit longer right we have to wait at least another month before we can start seeing how this season's going to play out yeah i mean you feel like things are going the way there's no real big surprises i I, i'm gonna give you one it's the rockies uh, no, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know if well, you ever yeah, thought yeah. that they would be this awful. They're 3-19. and <laughs> Like, they're 1-16 in their last 17 games. It's it's ungodly bad. Like, this is a team that has Joe yeah. Votto. They, they shouldn't be as bad as they are. Uh, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't think so. They're, I mean, yeah, they're just... Like, are we... This is a long ways away from the Detroit Tigers of, of yesteryear, what, what they went 43 and 112 or 118. Like it was bad, but it just feels like maybe it's called karma because the owner, ever since he made those comments uh, regarding the Reds, like, Oh, who are you going to cheer for? Who are you going to sell to? Uh, everything is, I don't know if this is obvious. It's not orchestrated by any means, but karma has come back like a, the, like a bitch because the Cincinnati Reds, an awful, awful team, and I don't know when it's going to get better for them. They got to add somebody to their pitching room is what they need to do. Oh, very good. Like they're, I mean, three nineteen, they're better than that. Joey Votto, I took a chance on him in a fantasy league or two. Yep, because he had a really good year last year. Fair out, he's ending his career, 37, 38 years old. But Danny Bam, he hit a lot of home runs and changed his swing and just and, and he's hitting 122. He has nine hits. 
and their, their, great, schedule nice has, players. their schedule has been difficult. Like, they've had to go out on the West Coast and play the Dodgers and Padres already. They, they, I mean, they're done with the Padres now uh, because the Padres came into Cincinnati and swept them. They've played the Cardinals a bunch. Um, I mean, but looking it up here, yeah, okay, you got the Pirates coming, but you have, I mean, they're alternating between the Pirates and the Brewers this month, essentially. Oh, the Giants come, they're playing bot. Like, it's... When's it going to get better for him? Maybe the Pirates provide some relief, but, I mean, even the Pirates aren't all that bad. Yeah, that is, yeah, that, I mean, 3-19, really bad. But they, they, they've got some good players, so. Um, they got Hunter Green, who was a, a top pick that kind yeah. of fell a couple of years ago. And he, yeah. you know, he, 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 you know he's, he struggled a little bit, throws 100, and, you know. It's exciting to see him. So, I mean, they've got some guys. But, yeah, bad year for Cincinnati. At this point, you you hope against a miracle that you just don't lose 100 games because seems fairly likely they're going to lose 100. Oh, yeah. They might lose 100 by July. Okay, maybe not. It's very bad. Uh, at this you, rate, yeah, bad. Do you have a hitter and pitcher of the week this week? Hitters, I'm looking at the hitters. The hitters are tough to come by. There's no... Like, oh, my God, this guy's a good hitter. It's like, well, all the guys I see in this list, people know where they should. So I'll say this. Hitter of the week, I'll say it's Jose Miranda for the Twins. He had a great year last year in the minors, and they just called him up today. So it's our first look at a, uh, a hitter from the minors, Jose Miranda. Okay. An infielder. I think it was third base last year. So we will see what. He does. Jose Miranda, Twins infielder. I don't know how good he's going to do. I don't. He had an excellent 2021, but again, you got to you got to show it to me in the in the majors for me to care. Uh, my pitcher, I mean, I, I could go pitchers for days here. Um, I guess my pitcher this week has been around for a few years. His name is Pablo Lopez. He is with the Miami Marlins. And Stack and I, I really like the Marlins. Yes, yes. I, I meant to bring them up as well because they had, what, a seven-game win streak snapped on yep. Sunday. Their pitching is very good. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what we had said at the beginning of the season, or you had said, I guess, you know, is that yeah. the, the pitching is really good. Their offense isn't great, but the pitching is going to be what keeps them in games. And I think, you know, they can maybe sniff a wild card here to 16. I think they can stick around. Mm -hmm. So Pablo Lopez, he's 26 years old. This will be his uh, fourth, fifth season with Miami. He's got an ERA of .39. He's given up one run in 23 innings. So he's had an excellent start to uh, his uh, his, uh, season. And he's had two really good seasons before this. Yeah, their offense, uh, not very good. But uh, the pitching, you got Pablo Lopez, who I like. They've got uh, Trevor Rogers, who's had who has really good, was really good last year, not so good this year. They got Sandy Alcantara, who's their number one guy, and they got Jesus Luzardo, who was somebody of note with Oakland, and he was awful. And now uh, a change of scenery has done him well. So yeah, they've got some pitching, and they're all fairly young. In their early to mid twenties, so I like what the Marlins are building here. They got Jazz Chisholm Jr., second baseman. He's a star, going to be a star. Mm-hmm. I've heard of him. 
So he's got a unique name, and he can uh, he'll be there. He'll be face to the franchise. So I like. We'll go with him, Jorge Lopez. Been good for a couple of years. Well, don't Was think people. Jorge or Pablo? Oh, uh, maybe maybe Pablo. You said yeah, Pablo. Pablo. Oh. It's his brother Jorge. Let's go with Pablo Lopez. Even okay. better. There we go. There we go. Uh, anything else baseball related we need to get to? There's a no hitter. Oh yeah, what was there? Guess who had a? It was a combined no hitter. Well, I thought it was, only, the, it was only the second in franchise history. Oh, the Mets. The Mets no hit the, the Phillies. Mets no hit the Phillies, and the guy who started that no hitter was the guy who was our inaugural pitcher of the week last week. Ah, Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill. So he pitched five, six innings, and let the bullpen do the rest. So. Mets get their second ever no-hitter. Uh, Twins have been fun to watch. Beating Tampa Bay 2-3, or three, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Kepler's been turning it on. I've been a guy of saying, get rid of Mac, uh, Max Kepler. He sucks. Um, he had an excellent week. Doubles and home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel Sano's got a bad, I guess, a bad knee. Ankle, knee. I guess call it a knee. So he'll be out for a while, which is fine because he has been absolutely awful. Yes, he is. Yeah. So you put Luis Arise at first base. You find him a position. They avoided so like arbitration that. too, so that's a good thing, right? What was that? Didn't uh, the Twins and Arise uh, avoid? Did they avoid yep. arbitration? Yeah. I think it's like yeah, two million dollar deal for one year. So I like Luis Luis Arise. So guy that's gonna put the bat on the ball, not strike out a lot. So mm-hmm. Carlos Correa. Turning it around after a slow start, he's been. He had an excellent week. Everybody had an excellent week uh, there last week. Um, got away with one against Detroit. Detroit gave him a game or two in that series. That was the most Minnesota. Uh, that was going to be the most Minnesota sports night ever. Yeah. Uh, because the Wild lost to the last place Coyotes in a game that they arguably needed to have to put some separation between them and the Blues for home ice advantage in the playoffs. The Timberwolves blow another fourth quarter lead, and the Twins had a lead in the eighth <sighs> inning. We're down four to three, and then yeah, that that rally, and it was almost the epitome of Minnesota sports right there, cultivated in that one night. It was a lot of awfulness. Um, Johan Duran is just very fun to watch. I think he only pitched maybe twice last week, but yeah, he's an exciting guy to watch all the time. Uh, Chris Paddock, who they got from the Padres there in that trade. Right before the year, he's he's strung together a couple of solid starts, so we mm-hmm. like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a whole lot of bad you can say right now. It was yeah, four and eight was a terrible start, but you, you kind of look at maybe getting that three seed, and you face that uh, you know the top two seeds get a buy. So if you're that three seed, you're that division winner. You get to play the presumably worst team record wise in the playoffs. So. If you like, you look at the East, you look at the Yankees, you look at Tampa. If you like both those teams are going to come out with Toronto. Maybe take Boston off your list. Uh, you replace the White Sox with the Twins. Uh, I still like Houston. But then maybe you it's a, it's a toss-up between the Angels and the Mariners for that. Maybe that, that final wild card. Mm-hmm. So. And Trevor Bauer has finally been suspended for two full years. The, the good that we're finally yes. done with that. Thank God. Um, I thought that was a little stiff. That's, I mean, that's like an unprecedented uh, penalty. 
It is. For any, I mean, I've never heard of anybody being suspended for two years, and you've already been suspended for much of the last year. Yep. So basically a, a two-and-a-half, three-year suspension. Sucks for him. Uh, people don't like him. Yeah, so it's yeah, un- un- unfortunate for him. He's going to appeal. And it feels like there have been much larger crimes committed yeah. And people have not been suspended for two years. Like do you think? Do you think they they suspend him for two years and then just think that it's going to get knocked down to a year? Like you 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 kind of start high and then it'll end up being. I don't know. I mean, it's and, to what what he did doesn't appear to be. You no, know, it's a he should see see she said mm-hmm. or she says he beat me. He says. It was agreed upon. We said we were going to be rough, so we were rough. And you know, a woman or two have come along, and so much. I mean, the Deshaun Watson thing. Well, that's. I'm glad is, you brought that up because I saw Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk mention that. Like, how does this situation? It doesn't because the NFL him? is immune to any of this. Well, I I know, but I'm just wondering. If, yeah, from the standpoint, I would think that you would have to suspend Deshaun Watson. For like, you could suspend him for a full season. I don't know if they yeah, will I think that would not, be reasonable, but... and he was kind of suspended last year unofficially. But you, I just but... think you have to look at what the what Major League Baseball did with Trevor yeah. Bauer and factor that that has to become a factor into the decision with what you're do with Deshaun Watson. Like you look at that in two years for what Bauer did and fuck uh, Deshaun Watson should get five years. Yeah, and I hope. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to, but I would hope that it would become a factor. But, yeah, I, I would be surprised if he gets more than four or six games. And, again, the, the, I go back to the criminal charges, which kind of people just kind of poo-poo. It's like, all right, that didn't happen. doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know enough about it to say, okay, why was there a grand jury or some group of people that said, we looked at this case and we don't want a criminal trial or whatever that process is. So what, what was it about the case where they look at it and they say, no, uh, you're not going to spend any jail time, obviously. So what, what is it about these cases to where they said no? Yeah. I, I don't know. And that, to me, it's important, but to other people, it's like, well, that doesn't really matter. It's like, I don't know. So yeah, for Trevor Bauer, it sucks for him. He's going to be 33 when this is done. And I mean, I think he will get another shot. Maybe he won't, but I think, and he's, he. I think he's good enough to. Some team will give him a shot. Let's see. Otherwise, he's going to become the Ray Rice or of uh, of Major League Baseball. Yeah. So. And I read an article on him a couple of years ago, Sports Illustrated, and he's an interesting dude. Mm-hmm. And he was going to he had the philosophy of he was going to sign a long term deal with one team. He was going to take a bunch of high money, one-year contracts, two-year contracts, yep. and play that out. He'd get more money if he uh, did that, but now that appears to be the wrong move. And even if he would have signed like, you know, a eight-year deal with the Dodgers, they'd probably have a chance to avoid that anyway. Mm-hmm. So he gambled on himself and ultimately lost. So whatever he did... Don't even do that. Like, like don't don't do that. Don't right. put yourself in a position to 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 to, to do what he did. Yep, agreed, agreed. 
Uh, let's talk some playoffs here now. NBA playoffs, the second round is underway. That's good. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Timberwolves, by virtue of blowing three fourth quarter leads, are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, I think this is a team that has some growing up to do, but they can use this uh, experience uh, hopefully for the better to help them next year. The Grizzlies are playing the Warriors right now. That should be a very entertaining series. Game one certainly was. I think Golden State wins this series. They're playing really good. Phoenix survived New Orleans. I think Phoenix takes care of Luka Doncic and the Mavericks with, I won't say relative ease, but it, it all depends on Devin Booker's health. But I think we're, we're on a collision course for Phoenix and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. And on the east side, uh, the injury to Joel Embiid is incredibly uh, bad timing for the 76ers. They answered some of the critics by going up to Toronto and winning that game six, which was good. Uh, but Joel Embiid being out puts more pressure on James Harden. I think the Heat can win that series. And then I like the Bucks over the Celtics. Uh, the way Giannis and the Bucks are playing right now, I get that the Celtics are good, but... Uh, and it just come off a sweep of the Nets, but I I picked the Bucks at the beginning of the playoffs. I picked them at the beginning of the season, actually. Oh, no, maybe I didn't. I can't remember. Either way, I'm picking the Bucks uh, in this series. I think both are going to be long. I I think all the both series in the East are going to be lengthy series, probably six games. I guess it depends with the 76ers how long Joel Embiid is out. Um. But I certainly see that Bucks Celtics series going just about the full distance. Marcus Smart, I heard his shoulders. So that's a big loss, whatever that is for Boston. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you got to look at it. You know, Golden State, Milwaukee. You know, Boston. Uh, that, that I thought that was a big loss for them. That and the injury. So I guess when Golden State's in there, I'm more interested in it. Just because of, of the way they play, and then they're, they're stars, and they've been there before, and it's exciting. Well, and Jordan Poole has become kind of a, a, a rising yeah. star for sure. And he's been, and he's you know this guy that emerges now is maybe they're your best player, or second best guy, and a guy that's doesn't cost forty million dollars, so they can you know they add to their little run here. Their run extends like all right, were they done? And it appears like you know they got a real good shot to get to the finals again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Golden State and Phoenix, that should be terrific. Uh, I will maybe watch some of that. Uh, in the East, I don't think there's anything in the East that could get me to watch. Maybe a little bit of the Bucks, Boston. Other than that, like Miami doesn't do anything for me. Right. They're plenty good, but I just don't care about anything. And I think we want Philly out. Like, we're tired of them, right? Yeah, they just get them out of here. They're there, yeah, get them out of there. And, and you look at the Wolves, they lost the series, you know, five games to two. Somehow they lose the series in which they won five of the games. Yeah. And, yeah, this is, I mean, that's never happened, but what, what they did, they blew three double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. It's never happened before. Of course, mm-hmm. it would happen to, to them. Yep. Um, Again, that's Minnesota they, sports. And they, they outplayed them for 70% of the series in just that fourth quarter where they couldn't hang on to a lead. They couldn't finish the deal. And then you look at the West next year, you got to feel like LeBron and the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. No. No way. Uh-uh. Not happening. If, if, and then you feel like, the, you know, the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard back, so that's a team. Yep. That makes an improvement. So for Minnesota, it's like, 
what do you, what do you do? Do you stand pat? Do you add? Do you make some minor moves? I think they, they make made minor play. moves. There's talk maybe moving on from D'Angelo Russell. That's certainly a possibility. But I think the Jazz are going to take a step back next year. Um, you know, the Mavericks will be good. The Grizzlies will be good. Golden State good. Phoenix good. I think the Wolves can play, like, right into that 5-6 spot. Maybe, you know, maybe jump the Nuggets and be the 6th the seed or otherwise a 5 seed. A 5 or a 6, I think, is reasonable. I just feel like that seven eight spot that they're like they just can't get over. They're just not better than. Although I mean the Grizzlies were a big surprise this year. Yeah, but Anthony yeah. Edwards will continue to ascend. And 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 and, and Towns had a rough series of points. Um, you know, so I don't I don't, I don't know what to do. Anthony Edwards. I mean, Anthony Edwards is just kind of your main guy, and Carl Anthony Towns can kind of be that number two guy since Anthony Edwards seems to have something to him. Jaden McDaniels seems like he's good. Pat Beverly is going to be back with them. This team, I think, is going to be good next year again. I feel like that 7-8 seed is just kind of that glass ceiling. We we just can't. Barring an injury for some, is is this a 50-win team? I just don't see them winning 50 games. And that's what they're going to have to do to get up near that 4-5-6 spot. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it, I I remain optimistic on the future. I think that this will hopefully serve them well, though. Losing the way they did, they can they can uh, look back and and remember this. Build on. I mean, it was exciting. It's the best they've ever played mm-hmm. in a first round series in which they didn't win. And I I didn't look it up. I can't imagine there's ever been a first round. Has there ever been a first round without a game seven? Oh. Since we've had this format for, what, 20 years or so? Yeah, or 15, uh, 17, 18 years? Maybe there's been a year that I'm forgetting, but it seems like there's always a least, Game 7 on that Sunday when Game 1's also tip off. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. I don't think so. And, and there were no upsets. All the top five, four seeds won. And Minnesota had the best shot. So. Mm-hmm. That they did. Uh, do you have any desire or interest to uh, – are you going to watch any of the NHL playoffs as they start today, the first round and or this week? Um, got some good series in here. We'll talk some NHL uh, later on here in the podcast. But do you have any thoughts on the NHL opening up? No. Um... When is, when is the Stanley Cup Finals? July 4th? <laughs> I don't know this year. It might be. It's got to be. It's, I mean, it's got to be. It's or pretty damn near, close to. It's, it's, it's got to be July 4th. It's going to be, yeah, probably right after. Yeah, got to be up there. When is the Stanley Cup? 2022? May 2nd. Oh, well, that's when it starts. Well, that, yeah, that's when that. the playoffs start. Um, I, well, the... Uh, June 30th, and no later than June 30th. So it'll be in June, or it'll be in July. Yep. Can you so imagine? Be, uh, can you imagine that what the ice is going to look like in South Beach at that point? It's very odd. Well, they had to yeah, because of the goddamn bracket here. I mean, like we said last week, it, the whole setup sucks. It does. Like, there's no reason why the Wild and Blues should be playing one another in the first round. They are the second and fourth place teams if you were to look at points in the season. Um, so there's absolutely no reason why 
they should be playing one another in the first round. The NHL has to change this at some point. They just have to. And they can't find a bracket because it's not really a bracket because it's not a true bracket because it's all jacked up. Yep. So basically how it is is uh, like it, so in the West – you have the, the Avalanche. We're gonna go. We'll just go division by division. So in the Central, the Avs are the one seed. They play the Wild card too. So they would play the National Predators. And then the Wild are the two seed. They host the Blues. So the the, the home ice there. I'm gonna take the Wild in that one. I'll take the Avs easily. Avs have been a little more suspect down the stretch. So I think if I think whoever wins that Wild Blues series has a great chance to take down the Avalanche. Um. Now, having said that, I'm picking the Avs to win the whole damn thing. In the, in the West, Edmonton constantly underachieves. They're the two seed. They're taking on the three-seeded Kings. The, the Flames are taking on the top wild card, which is the Dallas Stars. I'm taking Edmonton out of the Pacific. I think they just... I'm, at some point, if not now, when? Come on, Edmonton, let's do it. But I'm taking Colorado out of the West. Um... Do you have any thoughts on the West, like who who you might take? Um, you know, the Kings, I like their black and silver. Edmonton, you know, they got the white. They can probably do a white out in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. A Calgary-Edmonton second round, that'd be fun. Calgary-Edmonton. Um, they're only wild. F- I don't think they're going to win. Uh, I know. Probably. They have trouble. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you go from beating. Was Colorado playing the other night? Would they, or did they just say we don't give a shit? Uh, I think they probably a little bit of both. I mean, because they, they, they lose to Arizona and then they beat Colorado. It's like, whoa. And they beat Calgary. They beat Calgary though the night before. So, I mean, is, is this the best? This is the best regular season they've ever had. Yes. Yes, 53 wins, franchise record. Kirill Kaprizov, top five scoring. They've never had a top five scorer in the NHL. This is a, they, I mean, they traded for Marc-Andre Fleury so, uh, to be their goalie. I, I don't know if they're going to keep alternating between him and Cam Talbot. Uh, that's kind of up in the air. But you don't make a move for Fleury giving up a conditional second round pick that could become a first if they win two playoff series if you aren't serious about your playoff prospects. Uh, I and think, this, this, this is the team that should make the second round in a normal year, but we'll see what I mean. We'll see what happens. Right, just because they're playing the Blues, and the Blues are an incredibly high-scoring offense. So I like I like Calgary and Edmonton in there. Uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, Vegas. Vegas not in there. That, is that that's a surprise? First so Vegas time, yeah, first, do very well. Yeah, first time ever that they have not made the playoffs. So. Go go yeah, go wild. I mean, we'll see. It sounds like early in the week it's ESPN, later in the week it's TNT, and then yep. they kind of alternate during the weekends. Yep. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Have you been? Have you? Uh, what have you? Why have you been pleased with the coverage here on TNT and ESPN? Yeah, I, I, a lot of people have issues with ESPN and their their coverage of hockey. I, you know what. They're covering more hockey, and that's always a good thing. The, maybe the broadcasts haven't been as great. Uh, you know, some people have issues with Sean McDonough. They, it, it's interesting. Sean McDonough is like the lead play-by-play guy, and yeah. then they have Bob Westchusen on there as well. And Bob is is good. I don't have a problem with it the way some people do. I'm just glad that it's back on. And TNT is a lot of the same broadcasters from the NBC days, so they. Um, 
I haven't really noticed a huge drop-off in that regard. And I'm just glad that the, the playoffs are going to be on ESPN and TNT. So you're not going to have the, the random CNBC game yes. or the game on NHL Network. You're going to have games on television every night. or And, and every game is going to be either on ESPN, TBS, or TNT. So I think that's... Yeah, well, you're going to have ABC on the weekends, maybe, too, uh, later on here? I'm sure ABC will have something at some point. Uh, is the Stanley Cup? Stanley Cup on ABC and ESPN, or what's the Stanley I, Cup? I'm not, I'm not sure if this year if TNT has it or ESPN. I believe ESPN would get it. Uh, I'm just I think rating, ratings were the best they've been in five years. So Well, I mean, that, that should tell you everything. Uh, get it, get it off of NBC it. Sports Network. You get it on stations people know about. Yep. That should help. Yep, absolutely. On the east side, I will say this. I think the most interesting series, perhaps in all of the, the playoffs, is Tampa Bay and Toronto. Tampa Bay, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Toronto, they they just never can win a playoff series. Is this the year that they can? I mean, Austin Matthews is a 60-goal scorer. And yet you have to go against the the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. That's an incredible tall task for Toronto, despite the home ice advantage. I'm taking Tampa Bay, because until Toronto proves they can do it, I'm not picking them. Can't do it. And then Florida, that's an interesting one as well. They played Tampa last year, and they, they lost. So I think the Florida Panthers, that's ultimately an intriguing team. They won the President's Cup. That's the... Uh, the the trophy or the you know the the award that goes to the team that finished with the most points during the regular season. So Florida, very very good. They were 58, 18 and six. That's ungodly good. So and the East, um, we got Carolina. That's interesting. Yep, Carolina, really good. Um, I have Florida, <laughs> Carolina in the Eastern Conference Final, and I'm taking Florida against Colorado in a rematch of the 1996 Stanley Cup in which the Avalanche swept the Panthers. That's your pick? Yep, that's my Stanley Cup, and I'm going with Colorado. I went with them at the beginning of the season. I'm hesitant to do that and pick against Florida, but I will I will ride it out with the Avalanche. Uh, give me Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and Edmonton. All right, there we go. I want I, I just because, and then these teams couldn't be too further further from each other geographically. Yeah. So yes. Oh no. Uh, Miami. You could, could have the Florida Panthers be. in there. That would be the only other team. It could be Edmonton to Tampa, or Boston to oh, Boston Edmonton would be big as well. Remember, Boston played Vancouver in the Stanley yes. Cup. That was that was something. So there you go. Um, NHL talk. Um, Very excited. Anything else we need to get to uh, before we say so long for the week? No, yeah, it's 4,500 miles. From Miami to Edmonton? Tampa. Tampa to Edmonton. Good God. That's Not good. even Miami, so you had another couple hundred miles to Miami. Yeah. So you go there. Um, no, I think we covered all. All right. You have a. We want to mention uh, Marcus's dad passed away. We talked about it before we went on. Yeah, we did. I didn't know how the, the what the best way to. And it. it's you know obviously it sucks, and he's a close friend of ours, going back to the college days, and uh, we're going up there tomorrow for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't expect to hear anything like that for how young he was. So yep, 
Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I, of course, want to respect Marcus's privacy and his family and stuff during this difficult time. But I'm glad that you did bring that up. Yeah, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with him on that. It's just an awful, awful situation. That's one of the reasons why Marcus won't be on the podcast this week, yeah. and he won't be on the. I don't. I don't know when. I just extended him the invitation to come on whenever he is ready. So uh, we will. Yeah, because you know, obviously the hockey talk, and you guys like to do the hockey. Yep. Hockey this time of the year, so. Yep, yep. It's a it, an incredibly tragic situation there, and uh, and then we of... um because we uh, we played pickleball every Wednesday as we usually do, and then mm-hmm. we got a text early that morning that his dad had passed away, and I'm like, oh man, that's you know, you wake up to that, and I felt bad, and you just can't imagine what what Marcus is feeling, right? And uh, yeah, his funeral's on Wednesday. We'll up there for the visitation tomorrow, up just northeast of Mankato. So yeah, it you know sucks all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I admit his dad a couple times. I was he was a you know big sports fan and yeah he was uh, with Marcus doing everything he's done in his you know journalistic career with sports and other stuff. And I'm sure he was proud of him and uh, his brother Evan getting involved in the coaching side of things with SDSU last couple of years. And I think he might I don't know if he's going to stay on as like a, a graduate assistant, but you know he's kind of taking that that football coaching route, which I don't think was was planned for. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went into college saying, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, part do, of the football team on the coaching side. So, and then he would go to, he went to Texas last year for the national championship game, and uh, they, they made some big trips yep. following SDSU, and obviously big Gophers and Vikings and Twins fan, all that stuff. So, didn't we kind yeah, of, that sucks. We, huh? It absolutely does. Didn't we... Wasn't didn't we refer to his dad as like the dentist or something? Like, wasn't that the? No, I I, I refer to Marcus as the dentist. Oh, okay, okay. We would just refer to his dad by his first name of Doug. Doug oh, this yes. is what yep. Doug would Doug Doug this Doug yep. that. So yep. Um, we would do that, and uh, I, I'd met him a couple times. I think last time I saw him was uh, a couple years ago at the, the Gophers SDSU football game. Uh, he was there. We 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 saw him and said hi for a couple minutes, and then um. At the Pentagon, this was like right when I moved to Mitchell. Like the day I moved, Marcus had tickets for uh, Gophers, Oklahoma State mm. men's basketball mm-hmm. at the Pentagon. But yeah, we'll go to that. And then his dad and brother were there. And that's kind of the first, like that's the first time I've ever met him. Okay. We went out to eat somewhere. So didn't really, I didn't know him well. Yeah. But I'd met him a couple I, times and I and we talk about him and, and stuff. And so, yep. yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, everybody's been, you know, shocking it's been very sad but mm-hmm. you know like the the support that you get when something like this happens kind of makes you feel good too yes uh yeah and i never got the opportunity to to meet him i'm sorry for that and we're you know, just sorry for marcus for having to go through this and you know his family and stuff it's uh, certainly something that no one saw coming uh so again just thoughts and prayers and uh, i know you will uh, you know appreciate you Going up there, making the trip, and, uh, and you know, kind of representing our crew and and whatnot mm-hmm. there. Um, so, like yeah. shot, shot and Kirk said he'll be there and make the drive down. And uh, yeah, Drew was kind of like, "Hey, what should we do? Get him a card, and we'll you know do that." And yep. Charlie and everybody else. So yeah, it's that sucks. Part of life, you don't expect it to happen, you know, this way or this early. But you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it all, yeah, just you know. Bad deal all around, but yep. So you had some good memories as well. So yep, very unfortunate. So again, thoughts and prayers with Marcus and his family 
on that. Anything else? Uh, there's really no other way to you know transition out of that. Uh, and, and I was you know I haven't talked to him since then, but you know you feel like, you know how do you get past something like this? And you know you, you with the support of friends. Big, we're all big into sports, so you yep. kind of feel like all right. NFL draft was here, so can that take that mind your mind off of this for like a, an hour or two? Yeah, just because you probably go through the emotions of. You're just stunned and sad, and you're like, well, you know, just all the emotions you go through, and then oh, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you move on? Because his dad was so involved in sports, and of course, you know, Marcus is involved in sports, so mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, and that's that's our connection. You know, besides the fact yeah. that we all went to school together, it's our passion and love for sports. It's the you know the, the you know, it's covering these games. You know, going to the Summit League tournament. You know, doing our Google you know sports chats yeah. as often as we. We, we used to and still doing it now like we did the draft one last week uh, we did the, the mm-hmm. March Madness and stuff like that's that's our connection and that's how you know it that's how we're there for I mean so we'll be there for him in whatever way you know shape capacity we possibly can and you know if that, that if that's I, through sports I mentioned, the only thing I, I said to him was like you know kind of like with, with the sports thing with us and how his dad was his big sports I met your dad there up at the Final Four and went out to brunch, and that was good. Mm-hmm. We stayed at his house, and obviously he follows sports. And like with Charlie and his dad, and I've never met Drew's dad, but you know, Shot and Kirk, I, all of our dads, they don't like sports as much as we do, but obviously they follow it, and we kind of got into sports mm-hmm. kind of based on our dads. Oh, yeah, they like the Vikings. I like the Vikings. Yep. So yep. that's kind of, you know, kind of a nice tribute to them. As you move forward in life, like, oh, yeah, my dad was a big part of that, getting into sports. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, anything else we need to get to? No, draft is, you know, it's, you watch the draft stuff, so now uh, you got the baseball, and, yeah, hopefully hopefully Twins continue to play well. I'd like to get up there uh, a time or two. Marcus had uh, his grandparents have like and their family have gotten together kind of like a family reunion past year or two at Target Field for a Twins game. I think that'll carry new yeah. meaning this year if they yeah and, uh, yeah and I think uh, they're going to play Chicago <coughs> here in the uh, middle end of July and then he invited us to go up there I'm like yes I would like to do that so that would probably be when we get to see the Twins against the White Sox in July very good very good well, um, yeah. Thanks again for you know for going up there and and whatnot uh, to support Marcus, and I'll support him as you know best I can too. And um, yeah, we'll 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 carry on. And you have a good you know rest of your week, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yes, enjoy the hockey, and all you will. Yep. Good luck to the Wild, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, that sounds good. Thank you, Travis. All right, I'll see you. Travis Krenz joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Yeah, there's really no other good way to to segue from that and i didn't know if we were going to bring it up it's a sensitive subject and it's just it it sucks all the way around so again thoughts and prayers with marcus and we'll be here uh with whatever he needs he knows that and um yeah 
So it just sucks. Uh, we'll 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 talk some hockey here. With more hockey, I'll go more, a little more in depth on the on the NHL playoffs here coming up, and we'll try and get Jeff Lloyd the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast with some thoughts on the NFL draft. That's all coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, uh, Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins. Link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Podcast.com as well as iTunes. More coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. We will continue here on the Sports Block podcast as best we can here. Uh, we'll we'll try and get Jeff Lloyd uh, from Lockdown Browns here coming up shortly with some more draft thoughts. But you know, just uh, we're going to keep talking here about the NHL playoffs here, and um, you know, lo- looking at the East, you know, Travis and I talked about it a little bit. <sighs> On the eastern side, in the Atlantic Division, you have the Tampa Bay Light or the the uh, Florida Panthers, best team in the NHL, Presidents Trophy winners. They're taking on the Washington Capitals, and without Alex Ovechkin, like we don't, Alex Ovechkin missed the last three games of the regular season for the Capitals, and he is the he is the best player, or one of certainly one of the best players in the league. Maybe Connor McDavid's taking that. Over now uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, but Ovechkin still remains so great. He's chasing Wayne Gretzky's goal score, all-time goal scoring. And if he's not healthy, the Capitals don't stand a chance. And even if he is healthy, I don't think they stand a chance. Florida scores so many goals; they're so good. They've gotten good goaltending all year. Florida, arguably, I mean. You have to put them as the cup favorites. I thought it was Colorado all year long, but Florida should be right behind them. They're the favorites in the East, which is crazy in some regards because Tampa Bay took home. They had home ice against Tampa Bay last year. Tampa Bay took care of them, what, five, six games? Here, I mean, Florida's going to win this series. No more than five games. They got the Panthers winning in five. Remaining in the Atlantic, the other uh, matchup, the two-seed Toronto Maple Leafs against the three-seed Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Toronto has failed miserably in the playoffs for years. They just keep blowing series. I mean, Austin Matthews, 60-goal scorer, they have firepower everywhere. This is a very talented Toronto team. And yet... Until someone takes, I mean, Nylander's good. Tavares is good. They just have guys everywhere. Until, though, someone takes out the Lightning, I have to go with them. I'm going to say the Lightning in seven. Toronto very easily can win this series. But it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a battle. So until the Lightning are taken out, I will take them to win this series and extend Toronto's uh, woes in the NHL playoffs. But no, I think this is the best series of the first round. It's it's certainly the most scintillating. It's the most captivating because you have the defending Stanley Cup champions and because you have the Maple Leafs who are mired in woes uh, within the playoffs. They need to find a way to win a series. This is going to be a very good series. Metropolitan Division... Number one seed, Boston or Carolina Hurricanes, 
against uh, the the wild card in the Boston Bruins, the wild card one. Boston could certainly win this series. Carolina, though, something about uh, like Sebastian Ajo. They have the league's best penalty kill. <sighs> Goaltending, I you know what found out that uh, they're they're not going to have Anderson in net, and that's a that is a issue for them for sure. But I think Carolina ultimately just has a little better. Mojo, I mean, Frederick Anderson, if he can play at all in the series, is going to be good. They have um, Anthony uh, Ranta in net right now for at least the first two games, I believe, of this series. I think Carolina outscored Boston, what, 16-1 to in the regular season, won all three games. Carolina, just better. I like Carolina in this series. I, I like them to win in six games, though Boston will be fair game. And then in the other series, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins against the New York Rangers. I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to make the playoffs at all this year. Uh, probably silly of me, stupid of me perhaps, to bet against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Jake Gensel. But I did. Aging roster. At some point, it's going to catch up with the Penguins. And maybe you saw that towards the end of the regular season. The Penguins struggled a little bit more. Lost a lot of games. Uh, New York... Artemi Panarin, very, very good. Alexis Yafrenier, uh, the young uh, youngster, the rookie. The Rangers just have a little bit more going for them. Rangers win this series in five games. I th- there is something to be said for playoff experience, which the Penguins have a ton of. But I think the Rangers are just a little bit better right now. And given the way the Penguins ended the regular season, and I'll look at this here because, it, I mean, it's... So, yeah, they won their final game against the Blue Jackets. But prior to that, they... I mean, I guess not as bad as I thought. But they only won... One, two, three, four games. Five games in the month of April. Out of 13. Not great. You want to be playing your best hockey. And prior to that... They had lost three or four to end the month of March. So again, not playing their best hockey right now. Give me the Rangers. And then in the East overall, give me Carolina against um, Florida. And nothing says hockey in the summer like an all-Southern showdown. But give me, give me Florida to beat Carolina. That's what I got there. On the Western side. In the Central Division. And... Come on, NHL. This is, you you have to stop with this ridiculous notion of playing within the division. We got to start seeding these teams one through eight because there it is absolutely ridiculous that the Minnesota Wild, who had the second most points in the Western Conference, have to go against the St. Louis Blues, who had the fourth most points in the Western Conference. It just shouldn't even be happening that way. If you were to do it one through eight, if that's the way you were going to seed them, the Minnesota Wild would be playing the Dallas Stars. That would certainly be a tough matchup, but one that the the Wild should win, I believe. How you would have the Avalanche would play the Predators. Well, that's happening. The Stars would play the Wild. The Flames would play the Kings. The the Blues would play Edmonton. Blues Edmonton. That would be a great series. I'm Kirill Kaprizov, top five in scoring, the Wild uh, franchise records. It, you just hate 
saying that you predict Minnesota sports teams are going to win because they fail you all the time. And the Blues have tremendous offense. But I will take the Wild to win this series, and I will pick them to win in seven games. The other series, the, the Avalanche, the top team in the league, they're playing the, the Nashville Predators. The owners, uh, they were the second wild card team. Great year for the Predators. Again, a team I didn't expect to see in the postseason. Masterful job getting there. Avalanche, too strong, even though they struggled down the stretch. I have them winning in five games tops. Avalanche, just too good. Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, they're, they're way too good. Like I said, the Avalanche did struggle down the stretch. They were one, well, in, in their last six games, they went one, five, and one. That's not great, Bob. That's not great. So they aren't playing necessarily with you know, to the degree that they were at before. But this team, no doubt, outstanding. Avalanche win in five, take the Wild in seven. In the Pacific, you got the Flames, top seed. They're playing the Dallas Stars. Dallas, more than capable of pulling off an upset in this series. I think the Flames are just better, though. I mean, 13 points better in the regular season. Flames win this series in six games. And then Kings against the Oilers. It looked for a little while like the Edmonton Oilers weren't going to make it to the postseason. Uh, but Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they got the team going. They can score points in bunches. These two are great. But Edmonton is similar to Toronto, where they just fail in the postseason spectacularly. Last year, they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets. And unlike Toronto, where, I mean, there's just this chaos and... I think the expectation that they're going to lose. Oilers fans are ready. Like This team is too talented with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. They can't keep losing. The expectation... There's pressure on this team. No doubt about it. No one cares what Edmonton does in the regular season. It's about the postseason. With the best player in the league. Oilers win this series in five games. I think they're just too much. They take down the Kings. I like the Oilers to advance over the Flames. Seems a little ridiculous in the Battle of Alberta. The Flames are really good. They probably they have the better goaltending. But I like the Oilers to, to sneak sneak by with a series win here. Sets up Oilers against Colorado. Don't be surprised if the winner of Minnesota and St. Louis ends up getting to the Western Conference Finals. Especially given what Colorado's been going through here down the stretch the season. Minnesota and St. Louis, very capable of pulling it off. I'm going to go with Colorado. Colorado's just too much. I like them to take down Edmonton. And that sets up Colorado against Florida Stanley Cup Final. Colorado, this is a rematch of the 1996 Stanley Cup Final. The Avalanche torched the Panthers. I mean, Joe Sackett, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Wall. This was a great, great team. The Avalanche. I think the Avalanche... They're the top seeds in... In their respective conferences. And normally that means we're not going to see it happen where they meet in the Stanley Cup Final. But that's where I'm going with it. I think the Panthers, I, I just can't pick them. Even though they're so good offensively, Colorado going to figure out a way. They're going to get it done. And I like Colorado to beat the Florida Panthers in six games to win the Stanley Cup Final. And hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. It should be an awesome two months. We're extending this season 
well into July because they took that month off in February for the Olympics. This is likely to happen every four years, provided that the NHL has that Olympic break, which I hope they do. And so this is okay. It balances out. The NBA playoffs will be done. You know, the NBA is already in their second round. NHL, it's a little bit easier to get uh, steal a few more headlines, and that's great. We should be in for an awesome Stanley Cup playoff run, and I can't wait to, uh, to, to talk about it with you here over these next couple of months. So good luck to all 16 teams, but mainly the Minnesota Wild in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a few other thoughts on the NFL draft and hopefully get Jeff Lloyd second on from the Lockdown Browns podcast with his thoughts as well. That's coming up as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. <laughs>